Episode 115 of Board Games with Barry and Hex is all about our countdown to Gen Con, continuing with tickets and planning. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Adam and I will answer questions like, how many days are you attending, what events are you going to, and how will you keep it all straight? Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Adam talking about tickets and planning for Gen Con. Tickets here! Get your tickets! <laughs> no, that's not, it's not good. <laughs> are you going to do something else? <laughs> You know, we can even leave in. That's not good. After I say tickets here, tickets here. So. <laughs> oh, well, you will need tickets, namely convention tickets. We are counting down to Gen Con with many episodes that talk all about preparations for Gen Con. Kind of works for every convention. Kind of works for a fair amount of travel and events you might have anyway. But this first bullet point that we have, we already covered what to do before you leave goals and planning on the last episode. The next one's going to be packing and travel. We're going to finish up with final preparations and hype. Right now we're talking about tickets and scheduling. So you already know what you want to do before you leave. You've thought about what you want to do while you get there, what your goals are, make sure you get the most of your experience and you're already prepared for what you want to do when you get back, kind of transition back into your regular life as smoothly as possible. Now we're going to talk about tickets and scheduling. This could kind of be in different orders because you might have gotten all that convention tickets already. Maybe you haven't because you can still get, I don't think it's sold out. Some years Gen Con does sell out. I don't know that it's sold out recently. I think 2019, 2018 might've been the last biggest year. And that was the 70,000 number that they use a lot. Didn't it sell out because they had limited tickets like in that first year after the pandemic or is that not correct? I'm going to say... Sure. And also, we oh. both know that doesn't count. I, Correct. But I just, I didn't, yes. That's not the case anymore. Correct. But they're still not limiting tickets. Is that yeah, accurate? And I don't even know. Okay. You know, if you limit tickets, do you then? I, I don't know okay. the the truth or not of that. I will say this. I'm unaware of any limits. I believe that last year there were more tickets available than were sold. Yeah. And you can either get four day passes or you can get day passes. I believe that Sunday is like family day. I don't know if that also comes with a lesser uh, ticket price, but I know it is a shorter overall day. It already kind of winds down on Sunday, but that also means there's like clearance kind of games. There's publishers who have shipped things here to sell them and don't super want to ship them back. So there's a little bit of that. You are kind of hoping to clear out your booth. So that's a reason that you might want to go just on Sunday. If you don't have the flexibility to be off of work or be able to be away for that long. A day pass is a nice way to still see what's going on. Of course, you're not going to experience every little thing that's there, but you won't even do that in four days. Right. So if there's a certain events that are on certain days when you were kind of looking over what you wanted to do, you might notice that like, well, really the things I want to do are just on Thursday and Friday. Maybe you can get those two days off, still have a weekend to play maybe games that you got at Gen Con. Right. Because because you have to, there are some events you have to sign up for ahead of time on this, correct? I, so you do need tickets for, to go into Gen Con events. My understanding is that you can get general admission tickets that are maybe $2 each because some events are free. Some of them have a cost. If it has a cost, you can get these general admission tickets and just pay the whoever's leading the event in these tickets. You can't just pay them in cash in these tickets to the value of whatever their event was. So if there's a $10 event, you can give them five of these $2 tickets. 
if there's an open spot and get in it. So if there's an event that you wanted to get to and it was sold out, you could still get some of these general admission tickets, have them on hand, go by there at the event time. You might be able to get in anyway. And other events like sellout, kind of as we're talking about here, which is the advantage of getting in early. There's a day they, they communicate with you if you get a badge early. They will also communicate with you via email about when this, when the event catalog opens. When it does open, there's a lot in there, but things continue to get added. When the convention starts, there are still plenty of events you can get into. Of course, things will be sold out, sure. There are still plenty of events you can get into. So even if you get your convention tickets late, if you decide on a whim to come, if something changed that you thought you weren't going to be able to come and now you can, you can still get a ticket, get into events. And then, of course, you don't need any additional ticket to get into the exhibit hall where right. there's lots of booths there. And then the exhibit hall is kind of two sort of sections. There's one where it looks like a convention, as you would imagine, just a convention of any type of thing where there's these booths in a big room, kind of like cloth dividers or little walls between them of varying sizes. Yeah. Then there's this gigantic other room that is full of tables. And I think like if you, if it's a standard folding table size, I'm trying to think how many of those wide is that room? Oof. And I can't even really figure out that math in my head. I think it's fair to say, yeah, if, if you haven't been, or if you've forgotten, it's every time I've gone, it's bigger than I think it is. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, it, this is so big. And it's great because the bigness makes it feel more awesome to me. Yeah. But that there is, that's time spent to get to here, to get to there, to get yes. to those kind of things. So budget accordingly. That is a big thing about the scheduling. If you actually do all back-to-back -back events, you're like, this is perfect. Everything's lining up where it's start and finish. It's kind of like if you have a layover and it's only a few minutes and it's like, oh, it's okay. That lines up. But it's like, oh no, it's on the other side of the airport. You're going to have to sprint in order to get there. It's the right. same thing with these events. Just because they can schedule them all back to back, they could be very far away from each other. There are events that happen in hotels that are near the convention center. And then there are events that happen on the opposite end. There are things that happen in Lucas Oil Stadium which there is an underground. I see. I live in Indianapolis. You drive by the convention center all the time. It doesn't really occur to you how big it is necessarily until right. you're in it. And then I had no idea because I'm not constantly going to things down there that there was a tunnel underground that went to Lucas Oil like that was I was finding that out for the first time despite living here since certainly since it was built and long before you don't have to go outside much, which is helpful. It's summer here. It's pretty hot. It could be quite the walk and there's not necessarily like a speedy answer either to get from one place to the next. Yeah, that's a good point. And also I, reminder, and, I, and I'm so guilty of this. So this is uh, kind of reminder myself as well, budgeted time for lunch. Yeah. Because I'll just get so excited about yeah. stuff. I'll just be doing, I'll be running around and all of a sudden I feel woozy because <laughs> it's 5.30 and I haven't eaten since a day ago, you know, because I just, you get that, you know, rush from everything. So right. Take care of yourself, like those kind of things. Even if you have to set an alarm, we all have supercomputers in our pockets right. that can remind us of all sorts of stuff. Set alarms, you know? So it's like, oh, yep, eat lunch. Or, oh, yeah, hey, you need to start walking towards that one event now. you prioritized. Like, don't miss that. Keep in mind, some things don't have 
a time scheduled. I, I talk about the um, the artist alley or artist mm-hmm. whatever section. Um, it's one of my favorite things about Gen Con. And but you never know how long the line's going to be oh, to go right. maybe like meet somebody. So it's hard to budget that time. But so like some right. things are not. Oh, I know I'm going to meet this person at ten o'clock. Nope, I'm standing in line as the person in front of me has. 92 posters they want this person to sign <laughs> awesome you know that kind of thing you, know, you find it out in the moment so just give yourself more time than less time on stuff right with in the last episode we were talking about how you sort of have to figure out your priorities and that's certainly one of them when something runs long is this a priority or is it getting to the next thing kind of knowing which events where it was going to be tight you might not make it having an awareness of that before you're in the moment might uh, kind of help you Absolutely. relax and, and just enjoy. And I'll say too, to your point about fe- knowing where you need to be, uh, making sure you have time for lunch, giving reminders to actually travel the distance it's going to take before the next event starts. I've been making, I've done this. I think I did it the first year. I definitely did it last year. I, inside of whatever calendar app you use, if you have Outlook, Gmail, just the calendar on your phone, you can usually make a new calendar. So if you always use the same default calendar that's there, I think it's nice to make a new one that's wholly separate. That's your Gen Con calendar. You can put all your events in there. Some of them I I put to have a reminder that the event's coming up. Some of them I don't. It depends on what the event is. And I will also put, uh, if I can get the tickets, if it's digital tickets, and I can actually paste them into the event somehow, I'll do that. I'll put the room where it is, all of that kind of stuff so that I can quickly see my day the same way you might have to schedule for work, depending on what your job is. It lets you see your whole day, lets you see when your breaks are, and it might keep you from overscheduling yourself where you have this big block of events and you're like, oh, wait, that's events from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. So I'm going to need to have like a big breakfast and a very solid dinner plan, maybe, if I yeah. know that I'm not just going to have a break in between. You can certainly also pack snacks, grab things quickly. That's definitely an option. You are, you're able to take like food in to the convention with Mm you. Um, And there's just in general, a lot going on. You can be Gen Con adjacent and there's a lot going on. So having a little bit of free time to just encounter some stuff, to look at some stuff you had no idea was going to be there. Some time to just wander is also good instead of maybe jam packing your schedule in a way that isn't so great. I also have scheduled things where I didn't end up liking it. And then it's kind of like, there was one thing where I paid for it. I did not like it. I just left. I just left and went and did something else. So keeping that schedule, but then also not being so married to it that, you know, you, you, you still can just, leave an event if you want if it gets too late and you just know that you have something else you got to do you can just leave those events it's a great reminder because it's easy to feel like oh no i signed up for it but like they've built in contingencies for that stuff someone i don't know i can't imagine what you would have signed up for where it's like oh no we can't do this thing this one person didn't show up like that's not happening you're right i imagine if there's some games that you were assigned to play maybe more tabletop rpg stuff like it it could Maybe there is a world where it causes issues, but even then, like you're just a human person and you're going to. Yeah, we're you're a human person. We're allowed to make mistakes, you know, like it's all good. And um, and someone's usually standing by that will jump in. Like, I don't know. I, right. I'm a classic jump in person. Right. The times I've been, I don't think I've signed up for anything. 
But yeah. when I'm there, I'm always nearby. Give me somebody else to see a seat open there. I am seat open. Adam <laughs> is what I am. I can see a seat open right. from a mile away. Like, I'll jump in for a little bit. Right. Like if you go to uh, some theme parks have a single rider's line. Yeah. Where it's just like. Yeah, all these groups want to go together. But if you're okay with just hopping in wherever, the lines may be a little bit shorter. You don't know exactly what you'll get, but, you know, it could speed you up quite a bit. Exactly. So, yeah, don't feel any pressure or obligation. Oh, I have to go to this. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. I, I think there is some pressure and obligation, too, after you decided to go to Gen Con and you're looking over these events. It's hard to review the events. It's hard to really look through that. Uh, catalog that they have and it's not because there aren't ways to filter everything it's just a lot of events they don't necessarily yeah. they have some kind of uh, uh they kind of have tags to them categories to them they have different days that you can look at like you can narrow the search down based on a few different things you can just search for names if you know them but it's still thousands and thousands of events mm -hmm. so it's kind of a mix when the catalog first comes out i usually look at it a whole bunch you can pre-select everything. If you're there when it first comes out, there's a week where you can pre-select everything. And then they, you have to be there at a certain time on a certain day to submit your wish list. And it like does computer math or something. Right. It slots you into a queue, I guess, randomly. I have never gotten a super early place in the queue. And then it holds those events for you and you have to actually purchase them um, and it'll hold them for a couple hours and then it will release the seats again. So on that first day for the things that are very popular, things that have limited seats, it is good to try to get it on that day, but also keep watching it later into the day because people will have it in their cart, but they won't actually purchase it for one reason or another. And then you might see spots open back up in things that looked to be sold out. I know that's how we got yeah. into AEG's big game night this year more it looked like it was sold out but more spots opened up and as time goes on people change their plans as we're saying different things come up they swap things around nothing is nothing is necessarily permanent you never know when one of those spots is going to open up yeah and if you need help like because the thing is it is big so if you're like you don't know where to go I mean that seems super reasonable ask for help there are event I, I don't know the name of them but they're legal oh yeah name, people walking around People walking around, I think they have like Badges sure, some sort stuff. of color. Yeah, I think sign. they have vests, now, maybe. Vests, okay. And, and keep in mind, though, I believe they are largely volunteers where yes. there's like a, hey, I volunteer for a day and then I get a day free. Or yes. I, I don't know what the actual arrangement is, but yes. it's something like that. So like, they may also like not be perfect experts. So like, relax. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're going to be as helpful as they can be. But like, ask for help if you're like, hey, where is E? eight at that's where i'm supposed to be in 10 minutes like don't walk around for 30 minutes mm -hmm. ask someone where e8 is mm -hmm. and even just the next i one of the things i noticed about being downtown during gen con before i ever attended gen con the general crowd is so nice one of the things that i am proud of on behalf of our gaming community and being local here the service workers downtown so people that are in the restaurants and just generally in the area that interact with all the different conventions that come through town say that the gen con crowd is the best and nicest crowd that comes through yeah it may not be true everywhere you go i don't know that that's always the case at every board gaming convention even necessarily i don't know 
but I will say I've experienced it myself when I just went downtown for something, how friendly the crowd was. So you can probably just ask the next person who on average is going to be more helpful than you would expect in trying to get yeah. you to wherever you're going. And you might see some people walking around who seem like they have a command of this. There are people who have been coming to this for longer than I've been alive. Gen Con's been going for yeah. 50 some years. Maybe especially if you see someone where you're like, were you, have you been doing this for a while? If they're wearing a t-shirt from 30 years ago. Right. Ah, maybe. Chances you know. are they're at least going to know how to point you in the right direction. So there's a, a general helpfulness about the crowd too, that you, you don't have to seek out exactly the right person, probably just turn around and ask somebody. For sure. And you know, we all get stressed, you know, we're all humans again, but like, again, even in those moments, if that is happening, you don't know where yeah. to go or it's a lot, it's overwhelming because it is overwhelming. It is a lot there, yeah. you know, and, uh, but don't, don't let the take away from your opportunity to be that person that is nice, that is considerate, that helps other people as well. Mm -hmm. Someone asks you and you know, take the time, right? That's what we would want. Uh, there's some sort of a golden rule, I believe about that, yes. uh, you know, so I believe I've um, heard that. I have. So, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of same thing. Like if someone's like, Hey, I don't know where I'm going. Like, yeah, let me help you if I can. And maybe you can't. Yeah. I have no idea. No idea where that is either. Right. You should find somebody with one of those event vests on. Right. They could probably help you out. Like that's that maybe guy they don't in know the Gen Con 1989 t-shirt. I don't know. Right. I hit him up. Yeah. He's been pointing, he's been pointing all day as people go up to him, honestly. So <laughs> right. yeah. You know. Yeah. And we also had on our list to talk about travel. There's not too much for us to say really about travel, just that it also involves tickets and scheduling, maybe getting to and from your hotel, like from the hotel to where you traveled. If you flew in, get to the hotel from the hotel to the convention, how you need to go back and forth. That could also be a scheduling thing figuring out what times you need to be where to get everything done. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. And I don't, you know, again, I, I'm a person that budgeted more time. Mm -hmm. This is a big event. Mm -hmm. This is busier. So whatever your normal expectation of travel is, this might be a little bit more. Yeah. It might not. I don't know what you're doing with your life, but you know, right. give, give it a little bit more. My understanding is that the Indianapolis airport is very accommodating. I'm never flying into it from Gen Con. I'm, I'm always already here. But I do know that they have tables set up at the airport for you to be able to play games. It is a well-regarded and very large, I mean, at least it's a good-sized airport. So I've never heard complaints about that as far as that's concerned. I know that the markup for hotels around Gen Con downtown is ridiculous. It's actually ridiculous. Yeah. And it's to do with the demand of so many people coming into the town at once. And when you get downtown, you'll feel like Gen Con has taken over downtown. Downtown Indianapolis is not very big. It's not very hard for tens of thousands of people to suddenly take over downtown. It's, it, I mean, you could pretty much take over the downtown with 10,000 people. I think I texted you. This was years ago now. Yeah. I was driving through and like not to do Gen Con things. I was like, boy, I had to stop as a wave of Silent Hill villains yep. crossed the road. Like, cause you're just like, oops, yep. oops, I went downtown in a non, I didn't know it was Gen Con. Oops. Yes. So I yeah. used to work downtown and there it was, I thought wonderful. Other people thought bizarre, but in general, even the people who are working downtown know that Gen Con is a thing and they are prepared for the general chaos. Cause you'll just be like, I just saw Sonic the Hedgehog and right. Captain America <laughs> at Steak and Shake. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah 
Gen Con's in town. Because again, a lot of other conventions come here. They are not as fun. Yeah, 100%. Thank you so much for listening to episode 115. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, X, and Twitch at Varian Hex. We have a website and a blog at VarianHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VarianHex.com. This is the second in our countdown series, and coming up next is Packing and Travel. Unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you have 115 more episodes headed your way, the next one being our first countdown episode about goals and planning. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today.